Hello, you're listening to a spoiler-filled film conversation. Hooray! Teenage Mutant Punisher, living in a dirty sewer, hanging with the turtles, Punisher! Yes, hello. That was a theme tune. I don't know if you guys got that edition on the DVD. <laughs> the original theme tune to The Punisher. Uh, but hello, I'm Richard. With me to make the podcast is Anthony. Hello. Jamie. Hello. Ooh. I do my, my Punisher voice. I'm naked in the sewer. It's good because it sounds like Sylvester Stallone, which is what Dolph Lundgren was doing. (laughs) It says a lot when Dolph Lundgren has the best fake American accent in a film. And also our drunken tramp, (laughs) Abigail Payne. Oh. Oh, no one one else got a stupid insult (laughs) intro. Here comes the little... A uh, truck with booze on, Abby. Come to the podcast around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You're lucky I love Barry Odom. <laughs> you love him. You love him because he's in Strictly, don't you? And he's just great in general. In general. Just in general. <laughs> he let, let me five bob when I was down the sandwich shop one time. <laughs> anyway, this week's film is The Punisher. Oh my god, which Punisher? There's been so many, and yet none of them are any good. <laughs> well, to answer that question is Jamie. Jamie, please provide us with the details. Uh, the Punisher from uh, 1989. The first attempt at adapting the comic book, uh, directed by Mark Goldblatt, uh, written by Boaz Yakin. Yakin, Yako, Wako, and Dot. Stars Dolph Lundgren, uh, Louis Gossett Jr. Louis or Louis? Uh, Catches the choice, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's Louis, but Barry Otto, as Abby mentioned, who is normally lovable. I'm going to... I feel like we're going to disagree on some things. <laughs> Did you have the smell-o-vision version where you scratch and sniff for tramp smell? <laughs> um, and just to give the IMDb summary, uh, when Frank Castle's family is murdered by criminals... Okay. No. That's Wait. not something that happens in the film. No? It's, no, it's barely addressed. Like it, it shows you some like very brief clips, but the plot is completely different. Anyway, he wages war on crime as a vigilante assassin known only as the Punisher. That is not the plot of this film, though. Also, I don't know why that's the IMDb summary. Is also known as Frank Castle. So, <laughs> yeah, the whole secret identity thing lasts a, about two minutes into the film. Yeah, I mean, you could call the film "Sewer Policeman." If you want, uh, I don't know. He's not a policeman anymore, is he? He's a he's a vigilante. He just uh, rides his yeah. bike around these like myriad tunnels and yeah. sits naked in uh, you know meditation. Yeah, th- this that's what's interesting actually about this is the movie is sandwiched between Dolph Lundgren's dirty bum cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> it opens with him. 
sitting down in front of some candles in a in a sewer, and we see his greasy, dirty, naked bum and back. Yeah. And then at the end, it finishes on that, and we're just in a big lugrun. Or is that how you say it? Lug, 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 Lundgren. Lundgren. But we're anyway, we're in a big Lud, Ludgren sandwich of butt cheeks. And, uh, yeah, this is the tale of uh, Dirty Biker Man from Mars. Oh, no, from, from New York. New York, a, a la Australia and mainly sets. Yeah, somehow a Punisher film was made in the 1980s in Australia, set in America, starring a Swedish. A Swedish? Actor. Is that how you pronounce it? A Swedish? Just... He's blonde. No, he is don't Swedish. question the casting, because the 1980s was all about putting the wrong nationality in the room. Yes, I, I will immediately admit that every film starring Arnold Schwarzenegger or Dolph Lundgren or Jean Claude Van Damme. Would be them as uh, JFK McDonald's, uh, the most American red-blooded action hero. Don't worry about their accent. Um, <laughs> JFK McDonald's. Oh, here he comes. <laughs> the most American name I could. Oh dear. Yeah, but um. So, Jimmy, had you okay? So you picked this partly because it was a. Comic book movie before comic book movies were a bankable blockbuster thing, right? Yeah, I mean, it's weird. No one, uh, some people don't remember, uh, you know, how how hard it used to be to be a nerd. Children, uh, children now, don't remember anymore. Yeah, now it's just the normal thing, um, and comic book movies are you know big mainstream uh, entertainment, but like. Even even the weird ones like Joker now, like the ones that are seen as more kind of artsy and, and offbeat, uh, huge mainstream films. Um, but it used to just be, it's either Batman or Superman or fuck off because no one's going to care. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm fascinated by the fact, I think everyone, no, everyone thinks that there were only ever Batman. Oh, careful, Batman. I can hear, so, I can hear Frank Castle driving I, <laughs> to get us. I realize that. Um, yeah, like everyone, I think who wasn't like into movies or like nerd shit back in the nineties, kind of thinks superhero films were either Batman or Superman, and that was it. Mm. Um, but like, turns out there were tons of them, and the problem was that they were mostly complete shit, mm. or or just like pretended like it, it was almost like director if a director or a writer wanted to make a superhero film the studio they took it to would be like okay yeah this sounds cool but we'll have to pretend that it's not based on a comic book yeah there, otherwise no one's gonna see it like, there, there was a, there was this idea that if you wrote a screenplay and it was based on a comic book you were basically upcycling a comic book into proper legitimate theater and even then I, oh, you know not theater but like but like a film but like even that was still cheap, schlocky rubbish that you couldn't bank on. And I think that's what happened with with this film. It it, it feels very much like it's tr- trying to dig, ignore the fact that it's based on a comic. Like it it does away with the the skull logo. Like he doesn't. Well, that's like, that's probably just a good move, isn't it? I mean, trying to justify a grown man in a twelve-year-old's t-shirt <laughs> is quite weird. Well, 
I mean, yeah, but this is came out the same year as Tim Burton's Batman, and like, that's a perfectly entertaining film that just fully commits to like how over the top Batman is. Um, yeah, but Frank Castle like, is a murderer, so. Uh, do you remember people Batman murders in the Tim Burton Batman movies? Oh, he well, does. Maybe. Just fucking kill people. But, um. Anyway, go on. Like every, yeah, everyone was shocked by how murderous Zack Snyder's Batman was, but apparently everyone's forgotten him strapping bombs to clowns in Batman Returns. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so this is. It's I th- I think this is particularly interesting because it came out the same year as Batman because like I said before that first Batman was a big success and like a, a surprise to you know the people who were back in it who were very unsure of whether they should put money into a Batman film from this fucking weird little goth man yeah. um, and you know before that there had only really been really the first two Superman films. Because they went off a fucking cliff very quickly as well. Yeah. So, and it's, I'm. I just find it. I. I find all of them really fascinating that weren't the big successes. I. I quite enjoy kind of like old superhero comic book movies because they they were just unwilling to give them any kind of budget. Yeah. Yeah. And. Any kind of help, they're like, "All right, here's a little bit of money. Let's see what happens." And they were all, they all tried. God bless them. Yeah. They all tried to make. A, usually, you know, it's it's usually like superheroes or big action things, and you just you need money for that. And they tried doing their best, but like, other than like like. When was Superman? Like mid seventies. Seventy-eight. Yeah. So, so we had that. Then there was Batman in like eighty-nine. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was like I don't know, well, like Blade and X Men towards the end of the nineties. That took. So yeah, that had like a decade. Yeah. yeah. Be- between each like film, which they were willing to give money to. Like, there was a good, like, ten years or so. And Plus, in between, there's, like, sprinklings of dozens of... Even even then, too, after, you know, once, like, X-Men and Sam Raimi's Spider-Man films in particular really started to kind of build that momentum up, the the first few years of the first, like, the, the 2000s, uh, the noughties, um, <laughs> got, like... Like, they got a lot more budget and a lot more kind of uh, studio push behind them. But, like, no one knew what to do with it. So you had films like Hulk and Daredevil and, like... Electra. Yeah, and, like, you had Batman Begins, which was another one of the big, like, stepping stone ones. But it took a long time. I think it, it, like, Iron Man was one way... Yeah, like, somebody went, ah, okay, now I see what we're doing. And then that kind of... Yeah, became what everyone should know about now, isn't it? I, w- I did like not having the stupid comic book flapping pages Marvel logo come up. Instead, we got yeah. some slightly weird Bond-like targety coloured thing did, going on. I don't know. I I will say I did enjoy that like almost Alfred Hitchcock film introduction. So yeah. mm. bastard um, shit. Yeah. Unfortunately, quite, yeah. that there was that and. 
one sequence towards the end of the film that was stylistically interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll we'll tuck in in a sec uh, just to find out. Abby, had you you have seen all the Punisher movies so far, right? Have you? Or uh, I've seen three of them, which I think is all of them. So this one, and then the other one, <laughs> the John Travolta the bad guy with... one. Yeah, the block from Thomas Jane one. Yeah, and then there's the war, Punisher War Zone with the block from the wire as uh, Jigsaw Face or something. Yes. Have um, you uh, have you also seen the short one with uh, Thomas Jane where he's trying to do his laundry? Mm. Oh no. That's actually the only other one I've seen. Oh really? Okay. Have you not yeah. seen the, um, I... the TV series? I haven't seen the TV series. Have you, Abby? No, same. I um I should say as well because this is my pick. This is literally the first Punisher film I have watched. Well, that's yeah. That Thomas Jane short, but I don't like. I really only know the Punisher in sort of like passing and in references. Like yeah. I don't know. I should probably establish as as fascinated as I am with comic book movies and I keep coming back to this well I don't really know like I don't read like comics or graphic novels and I never really have like I only know it through uh, like adaptations to film or TV or like video games and sort of like general trivia Hmm. I haven't read any comic books in years yeah I think the only one I've read in any sort of recent memory is that one off Batman Arkham Asylum, serious house on serious earth. Yeah, that's and quite isn't like weird a, and different yeah, to all. That's very dark and, and twisted like a, and poetic. Yeah, like I I like like comic books and like the worlds that they have. For some reason, I've just never actually like dipped in properly. It's a big old uh, swirling vortex of stuff, though, isn't it? I mean, yes, there is. A where lot. do you begin? But. Um, all you need to know about the other Punishers is the John Travolta one uh, is meh and fine, I guess, at best. The, but it features Kevin Nash in a stripy t shirt. I was trying to remember which one had Kevin Nash in it. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and Warzone is very colourful. It's all different colours, but it's quite uh, machismo and uh, straight to DVD feeling. And Anthony, have you you've seen the TV series, have you? Yes, that's the only... Uh, well, I've, I've seen this film before. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I've seen the TV series with um, Josh Sperental. Um And that's pretty good. Um, I'd recommend that if you guys haven't watched it. Yeah. Um, but I haven't seen any of the other Punisher films. I've, I've seen him pop up a couple of times in, like, Spider-Man cartoons. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's about it, other than watching this film a good long time ago. Mm. Um, I remember when I first watched it, I was hoping for some cheesy kind of terrible Like the Phantom film that or might something. Be entertaining. Yeah, but... Um, nope, just an action movie. You know. Yep. And a lacklustre one of that. Oh, well... Hold your horses, sir. I have defence of this film. I, I do think this is the better Punisher. Like the John Travolta one, I can't remember. What's the, what is the name of the... What did you say the name Thomas of Thomas Jane. Thomas Jane. 
Right, so his one is fine, it's competent, so it like does stuff like develop a backstory for the character. <laughs> and you know, it does more than just put him in a sewer and put terrible stubble on him and dye his hair. You know, like and his earlobes <laughs> to stubble. <laughs> I was I was like really I thought how stupid. The first time I watched this Punisher show was a little while ago. I thought, Oh, they put the bloody stubble makeup on his earlobes all the time and I was ready to mock it and then I go, actually, hair's starting to grow on my earlobes. Oh my god. That's a thing now, being I'm old enough to have hair not in my ear, on my ear. <laughs> so I kind of have to let it slide the fact that the Punisher his stubble extends to his ears, weirdly. But no, I, I like I like the Punisher. Uh he's very, very like what a little boy would like a, once you're a teenager and you become a bit more you know, fucking tough and mean or like I don't know, an emo or something. He's very like guns and shit, just killing people because justice. He's very Republican. I think it's, it's, you know, it, I, it, he's like Batman from what I've seen in that way. Like, depending on who is writing him at the time, yeah, he can, it can go a variety of different ways. So it seems like it's, it's a potentially interesting thing where it can be just very over the top, like violence fetish, revenge fantasy stuff, or it can be more of a like. You know, here's this tremendously damaged man who is yeah, potentially doing more harm than good, kind of thing. Yeah, but really. Yeah, it depends on who's who's handling it at a particular time. Interesting, interesting concept about a cop who's gone off the edge and is depressed, or I think the favorite comic book hero of school shooters. That's the two sides of the fucking yes. spectrum. And I will say, I, it was kind of nice that he didn't have the skull on it in this because it's, it's definitely been co-opted and has some unfortunate connotations these days mm. um but um like i think in in some versions as well they change his background as a cop to being like uh, like a war veteran like i think some of the like early versions style. was in vietnam yeah basically it's very hard. It would be very hard to sell this now with the whole uh, Black Lives Matter. People very much questioning the police around the world. Again, I think. I think it's. It's again. It depends on who's writing him. Um, you could do a really mature know- piece about how Frank Car- either Frank Castle is like. Uh, I mean, he's always a, oh, a prick because he's a vigilante, and that's not the law. But. You know, there's an int- you could intertwine it with a with the kind of Blue Lives Matter movement and well, stuff like that. I saw I've seen some like panel screenshots of him having like uh, uh, like run-ins or battles with the police who are then trying to kind of use what he did or he does as the Punisher to justify also being more violent themselves and him kind of turning on them. So there's like. There's definitely some interesting stuff you could do, but like I said, I don't, I like, I don't know enough to. Yeah. To kind of, I don't know if the TV series maybe explores things like that a little bit more, or well, if I... it, or if it's just like my gun is in my dick. <laughs> like. Well, I, you've started to describe. I think one of the Dirty Harry films is about some vigilante cops who've taken Dirty Harry as inspiration and have gone too far. Unfortunately, <clears throat> this film doesn't really seem to explore any aspect of his character. Well, his he explores uh, the sewers, 
and being friends with a thespy tramp, and it explores oh, the the Yakuza I... cucking the shit out of the mafia. <laughs> I want to immediately talk about the fucking Shakespeare rhyming trunk. Uh, this is the first thing that I want to address, because I need to get it out of the fucking way. <laughs> and what, like, I, w- I was watching it, and sometimes he rhymes, and sometimes he doesn't, first of all. So he has a, gim- he has a very inconsistent gimmick. Yeah, he rhymes talking- before you even know why he's doing it as well, and you're yeah. like, what's going on? And he... And- so he was an actor, but now he's a tramp. So he's an actor, <laughs> and um, yeah. So he and he he talks in rhyme, and for some reason that is enough to get him the nickname Shake, as in Shakespeare. First of all, Shake. All I can think of is fucking Master Shake from Aquatine Hunger Force. What about so what about Shake mind, Stevens? In my mind is a much more interesting movie with a giant talking milkshake. Cup. Well, yeah, that's just your mind, though, isn't it? <laughs> But so it's and he gets lured by Frank Castle at one point with a little remote control car with some boost on it. Little lorry <laughs> with with a big scotch on the back. How like it, the other explanation there was like Punisher works with uh this he has him as like an informant. His man on the street is just a drunken bloke who's in all the he's just a barfly essentially, beggar. Yeah. And so Frank Castle's like, meet me by the open slaughterhouse butcher's door. <laughs> And four hours ago, like just meet me in an alley four hours ago, and then he's like, "Oh, he hasn't turned up." I know what I'll do. I'll get out my remote control lorry and put a what? big scotch on it, and and I'll drive it blindly round the corner and lure him. Oh, but, but yeah, what the fuck is he doing? Why, like, why, why? Just why? Just why? Um, like a doorway or like a, a a more sheltered area it would make some sense because at least you're like okay he doesn't want to be seen yeah but it's mm. like it's literally around the corner yeah in front of an open door where anyone can like walk by yeah you're not complaining about this but this is one of my favorite things about this film. oh yeah <laughs> same <laughs> i i i looked it up because like the in my it's in my mind, I was like, "Well, this like this has to be them crowing in, uh, crowbarring in a character from the comics because this is so specific, isn't it? Of this film, yeah, and it's so specific. But from what I could find, this character was entirely made up for the film. Like, and why though? Isn't it like why? <laughs> yeah, I really yeah. love the idea of a rhyming hobo out of work actor who is yeah. English, played by an Australian doing an English accent. I read that the director just like saw a film that he was in and just really liked him and just wanted him for the film, no matter and what. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it, but... it kind of makes sense. I, like off the cuff, it's like, oh, you're you're an actor. You can be an actor. There you go. They're all actors. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, steady on now, Dolph Lundgren. Do, you know, actor well, then... or muscly man who speaks. One of the better actors of the Muslim men speak. I do that like him. True. I think he's very charming and charismatic, actually. Um, but uh, you know, he's not diverse, is he? He's probably what's he best in, like Universal Soldier, something like that. That milkman oh, in Bond. <laughs> oh, the Rocky films just like I'm a boxer who is a dickhead. That's not much of a role, is it? Yeah, but it's it is good casting of him being just this big fucking invincible slab of meat. 
with sure. like dead eyes. Um, well, wait. we're not rating Masters of the Universe. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> I mean, yeah. what? That's got to be a food showdown in Little Tokyo is a really fun one. Yeah, with Brandon mm. Lee. We did that on the podcast, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why I'm so harsh on him. It's just because it's easy. Easy target. At least got Oh, that's... I mean, oh, I didn't... good lord. Um, he wasn't in a Bond film, by the way. Was he not? Oh, he he's was. a milk... Oh, no, sorry, mate. Was. I, I, I was thinking of... No, 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 he's right. He was in A View to a Kill. Is a wrestling milk or something? Does he? Oh no, that's a Van Damme. Film. No, 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 that's the Living Daylights, which does does have someone from this film in it. Uh, the guy who plays Gianni Franco, the mob boss, who I guess is Frank Castle's like nemesis, the one he kills at the end in front of his fucking son. Well, this is this is the weird I... thing, right? This mob boss is a shit mob boss because Frank Castle, before the films even began, has killed off loads of the mafia. Like, I believe the intro is, like, the news about some mafioso-type businessman thing coming out of, like, yeah. court after winning a case and not going to jail or some being released from prison. I don't know. It's just a mob I, boss. Go on. Like, I always appreciate so many superhero films from from this era and from now are in some some kind of origin story almost always and i do always appreciate a superhero film that just begins in in media res like it's just they're already the thing he's up and running it's literally yeah. the thing <laughs> yeah so that points for this film for not doing the full origin story plot yeah although the problem the film has is that it doesn't know what the plot is until about 30 minutes into the one hour and 29 minute runtime like it's it is the film's plot is like the, the entrance in WCW of the Shockmaster where he like f- fell through the partition and his glittery Stormtrooper <laughs> helmet fell off I don't know I think <laughs> that I think that that's a nice metaphor Jamie but it's not this film isn't that incompetent it, it it sets its stall in a basic way and I don't think it's that confusing or it like so stupid like that 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 as a metaphor it's for something really stupid, and this is just fine, I would say. It starts with with it start, two different films start, and then a third film subsequently begins and then continues until the end. <laughs> well, we'll see, shall we? Like because it's a it's a basic setup. There's a mob boss. He's basically quite open about gonna fucking show everyone. Show everyone he's not afraid of this uh, serial killing. Vigilante man, who's the Punisher, who's been going around murdering baddies, and he's going to with his special knives. Yes, uh, his little was like uh, hot topic <laughs> knives. Yeah, um, <laughs> but like, so this guy's all smug. He goes back to his mansion with all of his like uh, henchmen, but already several mob people have been killed, and it's been depleting the ranks. That's the important thing of the Italian American mafia, or whatever in. Let's call it New York. We don't see much of New York, but uh, and then is it supposed to be New? York? I honestly couldn't tell. It was, but uh, what, when they were in the theme park, I was like, "Oh, it's a bit like Coney Island." And then I think Abby, you said, "Oh, it's it's New York," so I think it is meant to be. Or so, like we were arguing, we're but not arguing, said, but like, oh, it looks a bit like Coney Island. But I was like, "Oh yeah, I guess it does." But then they all look the same, and then they go for a massive arch that says Coney Island on it. 
Yeah. I was like, oh, I, totally missed I assumed, because <laughs> we, we, like, we were just talking about going, where is this set? We can't really tell. Is it Detroit? No, that's Robocop, isn't it? Where, where is this? And it just doesn't, it just clearly can't be where it is it, it, supposed to be set, because they're not yeah. there. But well, um, It was filmed in Australia as well, wasn't it? Yeah, so it was presumably some other fucking cheap theme park set. Um, but anyway, like, so the the big opener is Frank Castle invades this guy's mansion where him and his mob boss, uh, the mob boss and all his cronies are turning up to search the place in case, you know, some vigilante is going to get him. And then Dolph Lundgren uses his knife shoes and he basically starts the trend of using every single different weapon he can think of to kill everyone. Do you want me to do a quick run through? Oh, yeah, you've got a nice list there, have you, Abby? Uh, shoe knife, super kick, hanging, explosion. Uh, stabbing, sword through a windscreen, shot off a balcony, harpoon, zipline Uzi. Oh shotgun. wait, wait! This is this is the whole film you're running off every different Kelly. <laughs> the first scene, yes, and then go on the zipline harpoon. <laughs> what is it? Uh, zipline Uzi, shotgun, different kind of stabbing, different kind of shooting, grenade, a different kind of sword, stabbing through a paper wall, spear. Snapping a neck and window smash knife throw. And then several other people also do other kills, which I've also written down. Oh, yeah. We have another, we have like a woman who has a knife shoe as well. Um, but knife shoe. and there's a plenty of machine gunning and shotgunning and stuff as well thrown in because, of course, yeah. I mean, but the first one is very much like a the op- it's what the burglars should have done in Home Alone and just. Oh wait, there's only one Kevin. So that doesn't work. But still, <laughs> he just he's broken in and he kills them all. And it, like Frank appears in the like he he set bombs in the mansion, so he kills everyone. Then he blows up the mansion. After appearing in the doorway like f- with flames behind him, he basically blows himself up, but has magically escaped somehow. And he does uh, that again later on. Yeah, he has blows. He has Undertaker powers. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? And it's weird because he leaves the py- like he leaves the pyrotechnics or whatever to that tramp guy at the end. Like he's like, here, take the controllers and you drop them in a drain for comedic oh, dramatic effect. Yeah, here, I trust you with this bombs <laughs> that can kill us if we if you if you act like yeah, give it to a drunk tramp to press <laughs> while you're in a building. He can't see you. He doesn't know when or what to do. You've just given him a vague timer and like <laughs> expect him to blow up. The baddie base, and it, it, that, when the when you've rigged a place with bombs, you may as well not go in then, isn't it? <laughs> like, what do you save yeah. the kids? I guess I don't know. Yeah. Just why why um, kill everyone individually and then kill them all again? In that scene, what did the second explosion do? The I, first uh, one I... took out the lights. The second one did the explosion. That's why they were all dipped in red, like security light red everywhere. I think. But did anything happen other than the red lights came on? I don't know. They can't call the police for backup. I don't know what happened. They just one control. Yeah, just the lights, the first one. Power out. Why would you do that though? Why do you need to turn that? Oh, cares. But back at the start, <laughs> back at the start, that's the idea. Anyway, we get all the media buzz around this bloke. There's this rumor that it's an ex-cop, and there's his old partner. 
who's probably the most developed and interesting character in this. And the actual yeah. hero, he's the only one who's good and does his... Yeah. Like a detective who does his job, knows the truth, and doesn't necessarily break the law along the way. Um, yeah, this is his. This is uh, Lou Gossett Jr., who is... A, he's a, you know, decent enough actor normally, but his performance in this film is really strange. Like, he's really... Overly aggressive with everyone, well, including he's... the woman who's lying to be his partner. Is every response to her is him really sarcastically being like, "Oh yeah, good." Like he's such a fucking prick. But everyone else is in a cartoon action movie, and he's in a serious drama yeah. about it. But his his partner has been on the on the lam for years, and he's a mystery, and no one believes him. Damn it! And I'm gonna catch him, and I'm gonna tell him who's what. The, I'm gonna get to Frank and fucking put him in his place. I'm gonna save my partner. He's in a serious movie. Oh, admittedly, my favourite bit is quite a fun bit where he escapes from the shitty mafia and gets he tricks a guy to uncuffing him to have a pee, and he's like. Are you gonna handle the Python or whatever he says? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and then he, d- <laughs> he asks him, "Was it he like? Uh, uh, did you have to pass an IQ test to get this job?" And the guy's like, "No." Yeah. And then he uh, fucking punches him, and he's like, "I didn't think so." <laughs> and then he, then the guy comes in with pizza, <laughs> and he just beats the pizza box into his face, and then helps himself to a slice of pizza before like making a bid for the exit. <laughs> it's great. I love this guy. It's um. The there's also the the moment uh, where he he asks uh, I don't remember her name the woman who's like trying to his new partner who wants to be his new partner. yeah yeah uh, hang on I'll find it Sam Sam Leary Samantha Leary um, yeah. and she she's on a computer doing some research and he says. What are you going to do on that plane, Miss Pac-Man? He's, like, not interested in having a partner because he's grizzled and all that stuff. And all she has to do is go, I believe that Frank Castle is the Punisher. And he's like, oh, you're the only person who believes that, like me, and it's true? You're on. You're in. Like, we're partners now. Because you believe my conspiracy theory slash clear fact. (laughs) Yeah. Also, the fact that Frank Castle has been the Punisher for five years at this point, and is also apparently not shy about just standing in doorways and letting people see him. And leaves calling card knives everywhere. I mean, maybe you might not know it's Frank Castle, but still. Um, yeah, I mean, we won't go beat through beat beat for beat, but I do love how the opening establishing of the crime people, all the stupid henchmen, are just there to be killed. They're such pricks <laughs> like this there's one mafia guy who's just like oh the people here for the drug dealer oh they're late you fucking dickhead <laughs> like they're all just full of swear words and childish petty yeah, crossness it's it's such a like um it's such a not american culture making an american action movie where it's like fuck you motherfucker fucking fuck Fucking fucking piss shit ass fucking <laughs> guns. Fuck it. And also, I like the 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 guy from the Living Daylights, like uh, Giovanni or Gianni. Uh, what's it? Yeah, Franco, the nemesis yeah. of the Punisher, is surrounded by Australian men doing terrible American <laughs> accents. <laughs> fucking... Yeah. Well, they're the lower rundown the mafia guys. I, 
like I I was looking up who they were because I was like, what are these like? Like, how are these actors' accents all so bad? And I, one of them, I feel like, was in like Coronation Street or something. <laughs> Impossible. I mean, they, yeah, there was it was kind of suspicious because any time you get the mafia, there's certain actors you expect. Depending on the budget, depends on who you get. But there was no shape, there was no sign of anyone American appearing in this it other is, than the odd person. The mafia scenes are like a group of twelve-year-old boys trying to make a mafia movie. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, you you suggested you found this quite a run-of-the-mill. Uh, movie was any of it like? Did you start getting in? Did you start finding it amusing at how derpy certain bits were, or were you just like, "God, oh, get through this"? There were there were some moments, um, like you know, mainly every scene with Barry Otto in it <laughs> was like, "Okay, this is fine. This guy's here. I don't know why he's here, but he's here, and that's <laughs> and that's fine." <laughs> sure. Um, there were moments here and there, but not enough, really, for me. It, you have to really get into action movies that are just about watching people get killed and punched and hurt in different ways, isn't it? Do you know what? The, the, the issue I had was the action itself wasn't great, and that was kind of... But it was so know, varied, for, though. The variety. It was, it was shockingly varied. In terms of engaging action direction i think the only part that stood out for me was and you mentioned it a bit before the the sequence where everything is bathed in red light in the dojo uh, scene like yeah cuz like there there are other action sequences where i just could not i couldn't pay attention to them the one the one that sticks out is the one on the like dock where... well yeah it's a very early one and it it's essentially yeah. showing off the fact that I think one of the Punisher's gimmicks is he uses a lot of different weapons and guns. Yeah. Like, he's armed to the teeth, and so he has to kill everyone in fun, like, throw swords through people's windscreens into them, and, like, the zipline... Oh. I'm going zi- to shoot a zipline into you, then go down it and machine gun other people. It's really showing off the variety of ways he can kill you. I did, again... For the the fake mafia mob stuff, I did enjoy all the back and forth between I gotta take a piss, so take a piss, and then there was that guy <laughs> sitting in his car and they like radioed him and he was like, "What? Ten man? Like, what have so, you been fucking watching?" Yeah, <laughs> it's the most over the top, insane impressions of Italian mobsters. <laughs> I loved it. Even the setting where, like, I think the Yakuza woman kills them all looks just like, we've done our best to make it look like the Godfather. <laughs> and it's yeah. just like some budget, like, pizza diner or whatever. Al- also, yeah, I did have that mo- of, like, oh, fuck, the Yakuza is involved. Um, she, um, the woman who plays, I guess, the, the like, the actual villain, Lady yeah. Tanaka, is it Kim Kimiori? I'm not sure how to pronounce it. She's pretty good. She's like she's doing a good balance of sort of being over the top and and uh, intimidating, like very kind of arch villain. Yeah. But at the same time, she does come across as quite sinister, and and it was nice for a, for a very for a very eighties boys action film to have the villain be a woman who is also like just very competent and, and dangerous. And like, I was I was kind of surprised by that. 
And she had a henchwoman, not a henchman. And she had the henchwoman had a gimmick, and it's that she is a some sort of martial arts person, but she throws sharp earrings at people. <laughs> like yeah, she she yeah, pins yeah. that like mafia guy who hasn't been poisoned to the wall. <laughs> Somehow, when you throw your sharp earring like ninja star, it picks yeah. up the hand and puts it to the wall. They don't have to have yeah. their hands up. It catches yeah. your hand and nails you to the wall. <laughs> Yeah, that's her. That's her, they mentioned that's her like adopted daughter who never right. who never speaks or something. But I, I mean, I guess it's because she wasn't an actress, but just a stunt woman or something. I, but it, it's good, right? Abby, you're a lady. You must have felt vindicated at last. The bosses and baddies are women, and Punisher's going to kill them. <laughs> that's good. Whenever you see a fight scene where. A man or a woman are fighting, and they're on a relatively even keel until the hero wins, mm. obviously. Yeah. So that was nice, where it's like, oh, yeah, she really she really gave it her all, and Punisher was always going to win, but she, oh, she fucking took it to him. <laughs> and it's she, nice she beats up a lot of henchmen on the Mafia side as well, before that as well. So. Mm. Um, a very testosterone masculine action movie where the female villain doesn't kill men with her thighs or yeah. her tits or something. Like, it's... <laughs> like She accessorises like... and kills you, though. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it didn't... Uh, it didn't have that, like, ex- let's exploit these women role particularly. Like, you were like, oh, they're about t- if anyone's, tits if anyone's or something. If exploited, it's, it's Dolph Lundgren. Oh, yeah, this is... Uh, <laughs> this is very much... Uh, like, uh, particularly... So we see his sweaty, greasy back early on all naked, cross-legged in the sewer. But there's a very bondage moment. I mean, Punisher's very, like, black leather, bit of a fucking biker gay, isn't he? And then <laughs> they strap... They, the when, when the bad guys get hold of him at one point, and he's, like, tied up and handcuffed to, like, a... He's on a rack. He's on a rack. Do, yeah, you, do, do you want to talk us through the, the homoeroticism, Abby? I don't want to put it on to punish himself too much because he wears motorcycle leathers because he rides a motorcycle. That's fair. So when he's on a rack in leathers, that makes sense. It's when both the women walk into the room in either PVC or leather as well. Yeah. Where you go a bit, hmm, I see. Oh, look, Dolph Lundgren's <laughs> topless and sweating and dirty as always. And that, yeah, the woman just she like runs her th- fingernail with a metal finger thingy on it across him. Across his belly button, and you're like, this, this is getting weird now. I suppose it's just reg- <laughs> it's just heterosexual erotic rather than hobo. But I guess they get getting a big man's body out all the time. But what just part of the discomfort was when they had him on the rack and it was activated. So it's an extreme close up of his belly into this sort of crotch area as it as his trousers loosened as he was on the rack, and it was. <laughs> Did uh, did your your interest pick up, Anthony? <laughs> when a Dolph Lug, little bit when Dolph Rugg has got got his sweaty bondage scene. A little. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's also about saving kids, guys. So come on now, let's, let's not get too okay. horned up. I think. I think this is the 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 factor in the film that really hurt it for oh, me. Ch- children acting was these. Well, you know how a few times now we've done films like more recently that have had child actors in them where the consensus has been surprisingly good child actor Mm. and it is like this film is here to like it's it's payback 
Reminder that usually they're terrible. This is it. They they just got a fucking gaggle of kids together who are extremely annoying. <laughs> just terrible child actors all in one room together. Bobby? Besides the character's name. Tommy? He was good. But you're right. The rest... Oh, the one. Is his name Tommy? Just... I can't remember. Tommy! Tommy. Tommy, yeah. Did anyone else notice there was one, like, a girl who was really obviously dubbed by like a grown up woman. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was really weird. <laughs> what do you think happened there that she just wasn't understandable or? Probably just too quiet, so they had to ADR it and then mm. that's a lot for like a little child to do, so they had a woman do a creepy child voice. Thanks, Punisher! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for saving us, kids. We're all going to become mafia bosses one day. The, I don't know if it's maybe something that was in one of the comics that they really wanted to adapt, but the image of the Punisher driving a school bus full of kids was very strange. With a frizz? No way! Take a ride on the magic school bus with a Punisher. Going to kill people. Okay, I'm I mean... The reason why kids are kidnapped is because the Mafia have been depleted. Well done, well done Frank Castle, Vigilante Justice and all that. Um, now, the shit Mafia who remain are absolutely cucked by the Yakuza. The Yakuza come to America uh, if they're not partly there already. And then this woman and her various hard, large-looking Asian blokes in... Weird suits, usually. Like, there was one, Abby, you noticed. What was the thing with him? Oh, that cardigan. That, mm. like, may or may not have been just square holes that you could see a shirt underneath. It was very difficult to tell. <laughs> yeah. And they're clearly there just to be bulky henchmen and not say anything. But anyway, the, the Yakuza are all just, like, intimidating tough guys with this one uh, Asian woman in white. And she absolutely puts them all in their place. He comes into their schlubby little room. Although, the, the Mafia have a room where the door is huge and circular and has, like, I don't know, yeah. sci-fi, Star Trek-esque doors or something. It, it felt like a Bond villain lair. Yeah. I, I feel like that's what they were kind of hoping to go for. But nothing else was good about it. Like, it just a table no. with some takeaway on. They were just all, <laughs> all pathetic dads who'd had their children kidnapped. There was one moment that really annoyed me um, with the gangsters in that room. It's just one guy put his cigarette out on a teacup saucer, even though there was about five ashtrays around. (laughs) (laughs) But it really annoyed me. Well, they're villains, aren't they? We're supposed to dislike them. But they're playing heel. It's heel, yeah. (laughs) So, like, this woman basically, you know, they're all like, hey, you think we're going to. They all do their, like, you know. Hey, oh, I'm walking here. I'm an Italian-American guy. <laughs> hey, oh, hey, spaghetti. You can't fucking do nothing around here. We're the mafia. We could take this shit lying down. And we they very much take it all. <laughs> hey, oh, Godfather 2 and stuff. <laughs> like, hey, Robert De Niro. <laughs> like, we're, like they, but they basically say we're not taking this, and they do absolutely take it and get shown yeah. fuck you. And then the way that the Yakuza show they're serious is they 
kidnap all of the children belonging to mob bosses, which is a hell of a power move. Like, they, you know, that's some intimidating shit. You got them by their balls, admittedly, after their balls are spunked up children. You got them right where they can't oh, do anything about it. But what do you do? You can't just then you can't do your usual th- the mafia thing and just kill everyone. They have your children, so you you know. It's a weirdly Steven Spielberg presents Hook type of <laughs> plot, though. Of like, oh, they kidnapped all the children. Like it's it's like Hocus Pocus or something. Like what the fuck is this doing in a in this Punisher film? <laughs> I see. And then, but then you pun- you murder all of the mafia anyway. Like you poison them all with wine and, s- and smug the it up. Poisoning, the poisoning scene was wonderful. I will uh, fully give how just absurdly cheesy and ridiculous that was. Especially the bit you mentioned where she pins the guy to the wall with her earring. <laughs> yeah, because like one guy has not drunk the champagne because he's on medication, and then so she has to. She she I don't know what did she do like she's playing one of the wine glasses with her finger while the guy's killed, yeah, right? And that, and that triggers the poison? Or something? Or something, like I don't think really it did, did it? Like, no, but it's... It, I don't think it literally did, but the, that's the way <laughs> that's the, the idea. Yeah. plays out. Yeah. Who knows? And so, like, why did you even kidnap them if you're going to kill them all anyway? <laughs> well, they, all these kids have to be saved by uh, the Punisher, because he's not just punishing, he's also a saviour of sorts. And it does lead to Dolph Lundgren having to nick a, nick a bus. And it's like the guy on the bus who's like, hey, you passed my stop. And then Dolph Lundgren has to oh, give, yeah. gives him a ticket. He's like, oh, good. <laughs> my ticket back. I don't mind walking a block for a free bus ride. <sighs> but yeah, does anyone want to describe the goings-on rescuing the kids? Well, again, this is where... This is where he gets arrested, right? Because he gets out of the school bus and, and everyone goes, oh, the Punisher is Frank Castle. Oh. Yeah, it's really anticlimactic. Um, but then they put him in a cell, and there is a, a again. You mentioned how Lou Gossett Jr. is like acting as if he's in a different film. The whole scene with him and Dolph Lundgren in the cell together is from a much more dramatic and serious yeah. film. <laughs> it's it's I like I will also give Dolph, Dolph Lundgren credit for that scene. Like he is he is really putting the effort in to be like sweaty and upset in that scene. <laughs> I like you think he worked up the sweat himself before before taking this. It strikes me as one of those times where, like, you know how some actors rise and fall with the people they're with? Yeah. That he actually, yes. when, he, when he got put with Lou Gossett, it was just he really came up to the yeah. level. Yeah. Because, you know, up, up, up until now, he's just been running down corridors, killing bad guys, saving children, getting in chases where people in cars try... I mean, it's nothing too exciting. It's like, even though a bus is being chased by guys with guns in cars and shooting at children that are ducking down, who gives a shit? There's no, there's no sense of actual danger. And then, uh, then yeah. there's a massive police court that just... And he stops, and it's just like, oh yeah, there's Frank Castle. After all these years, all it took with him was him not to be able to escape magically like he did in explosions. He can't just explode the bus because there's children. Ah, oh, that's how he does it, like Houdini. But uh, yeah, you, you, I, Gossett, I think's the best about this. Like he's just so passionately across with Frank and trying to break into his sort of lack of days. Like, like Ludgren is being all oh, don't even care. Um, fucking emo. <laughs> Whatever. Not telling. Not helping. Not doing nothing. Mm. 
Uh, my my oh yeah, do you remember? Do you remember the five second scene where my family blew up, where I wore like a nice suit one time, <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, uh, now the, I'm bitter forever. Having the backstory of why he's the Punisher is done in such a like brief, uh, 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 like also. Did anyone else notice this? Um, so his it, it shows his wife and kid kids getting into a car. The car explodes. And then after the car explodes, he runs up to it and it's on fire and his wife is intact inside and he's trying to get her out. Yeah, I mean, you know, they could have just left it at he looks at a photograph if you're going to put in inconsistent nonsense. Wasn't that a dream, I mean, though? Oh, oh, like a flashbacky. Oh, oh, maybe okay. he was like trying to rescue her in a dream. Yeah, that could make sense of it. A lot of the film kind of felt like I had dreamt it, so I wasn't positive. <laughs> Yeah. Like it's like I lost. It's like I ate lots of cheese and fell asleep watching the Terminator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> watching the Terminator, but thinking about Masters of the Universe. <laughs> I need your bike, your boots, your motorcycle, your tramp, <laughs> your big sword. Your sword. Loads more. Gu- lots more guns. Actually, come to think of it, a shoe knife, <laughs> a grenade or two. I need your guns. No, all the ones in your house too. I need all of them. <laughs> all of the guns. Yeah, well, so the police have him. How does he get out of the situation here? Uh, they're transporting him somewhere. Yeah. And, and then um, he gets busted out by the mob boss in it order is... for him to help get his kid back. Because yeah. he, he rescued all the kids, but Tommy was like locked somewhere else. Because he was chops in. He was bloody chops into. He actually yeah. shoved the woman over. Oh, the, I, he, the woman who cucks all the mafia, this kid has the audacity to shove her. So he gets, yeah, locked separately, yeah. And so, yeah, you're saying the, the dad organised the breakout of Frank Castle. Because who better than the man who killed all of your predecessors <laughs> <laughs> to yeah. help save your one child? I mean, I mean, he is violent, I guess. So he. He does the breakout, and then he wears double denim when he gets involved. As like it becomes a buddy <laughs> yeah. buddy movie for a bit. Not much of a nemesis if you're gonna buddy up with him. I feel like that could have been more of the film. Mm. You know, the idea of him having to partner with the person who he's killed a ton of their, uh, you know, like underlings or whatever. And also this person presumably orchestrated the death of his family. I don't know if that's ever actually clarified. I don't, because he's lower down, isn't he? So he wouldn't have been the mob boss back with Frank. See, that makes more sense if it's like, there's there's more dramatic tension if it's like Franco, Franco, I keep forgetting his name. Um, Yeah, Gianni Franco is the one who like, orchestrated the hit or if he had been if he had been lower down and he had been the hitman like he had i was the one who killed your family frank yeah yeah. and now and now i need you to help get my son back and i'm not gonna help you you get and all like there's a lot of potential dramatic tension there rather than double denim dojo time (laughs) yes that's what they call it Uh, that's a, that's one of the favourite activities of young men in the 80s, was double denim dojo time. <laughs> I think my dad did that a lot. <laughs> Do you know what time it is? You'd flick a cigarette, it's double denim dojo time. 
push it to the limit, the limit. <laughs> Working out at wearing denim three times, actually. Jeans, jacket, and the hat. Denim hat. That's a real man. <laughs> but um, Canadian taxi. Oh, yeah. Uh... But I, I don't know, business picks up in terms of action again. We've got multiple killings of... I mean, there's a the Yakuza are all practising their sort of kendo stuff, aren't they? They're doing kendo I or something. I did laugh when... I'm not sure exactly where... I think it's here? Maybe it's a bit later. Where the, the Yakuza are all, like, in full, like... Fucking samurai get up or whatever it is that they the have special to do guards with. they were, yeah. And then they all just get shot. It's you know, it's the old Indiana Jones business again, isn't it? But it, it, they, they, you know, this this violence, you that's what you came for. You pay you want people getting yeah, punished. Uh, well and I mean this yeah, this is the sequence where they do something. I don't know, the, the shakes drops a fucking remote down shakes. the drain and then the lights go red. And uh, uh, But this is where it does look kind of cool. And the action's also much better here than it is in a lot of the rest of the film. Like, suddenly there's a lot of interesting sort of angles and cuts that there weren't before. Yeah, because, I mean, like an example of a terrible action scene of sorts is they established the Yakuza taking over with like a sleazy casino with like bodybuilding dancers and loads of gamblers and gambling. And then basically the Punisher just smashes through uh, the ceiling and shoots up all the like one-armed bandits and it's just, that's it. Like, there you go. Yeah. And then, the, but this one is a bit more. We've got paper walls; people can break things, and we got you know they got weapons there to fight with. That scene in that weird like gambling den was like um, Dolph Lundgren's Punisher suddenly dropping into the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film and <laughs> shooting up the warehouse where the kids are all playing arcade games and smoking. Yeah, well, he does live with them. He like him and the turtles share the New yeah. York sewers, so they must be on yeah. similar sort of wavelength. Oh, can you imagine if, like, uh, Dolph Lundgren does his meditation with Master Splinter? Just two naked rat guys <laughs> in the sewer. Or one. I'd like, like, I don't think they would, like, associate with each other, but I would like to see that one awkward meeting where they do cross over and then just sort of decide that they shouldn't hang out. Surely, surely there's been some kind of crossover in comic books. There's crossovers of everyone. Maybe in, like, a computer game. I, like, I'd like to think... What's weird is with the turtles is they all have weapons, but they never kill anyone unless they're robots or something. Yeah. So Master Splinter can't even be like, "Have you ever considered giving up your ways of violence, Frank?" And like, oh, the Punisher, and just doing what my turtles, teenage boys, do, and somehow defeating criminals without killing them with the sharp knives I give them. Like I don't know. I, I guess Splinter would just be like, "Yes, yeah, cool. <laughs> Keep doing what you're doing, Frank." Yeah. I guess they were friends with Casey Jones, who was a sort of similar... He just used sports equipment instead of guns. Yeah, he had a much lower budget. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Still a tool, though. <laughs> like, you know. But, uh, yeah, like, Frank... Fra- uh, sorry, I keep saying Frank Castle. Like, we're so... We're first name terms mean Frank. Uh, the Punisher does get to do an odd bit of fight in the, you know... I don't know. There's not. You can't really talk about it. It just happens. It's interesting yeah. enough. It's it's he enough. Hail the guy on 
some decorative swords, which was cool. Yeah, which is the least you'd expect, really. And we get, for some reason, the Yakuza boss woman has decided to geisha up of an evening. And so she yeah, can... Yeah, I think that was just because they wanted to have her dressed like that at some point. Yeah, so it was not... She just does, yeah. And she has the kid hostage, doesn't she? She has, like, a knife to his throat or something. And she's going to make Franco shoot himself in front of his child. It was surprisingly (laughs) intense for the kind of film it's been up to this point. And what a a cuck, though. Like, put the gun in your mouth. Like, take the shot, mate. She's got your kid. Yes, your kid could die, but she's probably she's already admitting she'd probably murder your son anyway. Like if you're just gonna kill yourself, you're gonna suck on your own gun <laughs> and kill yourself. Mm. I mean, just try and kill her. See, you know, take the chance. Like you're just stalling for the Punisher to come and save you. Like really, not good enough. Yeah, she gets uh, she gets big trouble in a little China. Which is weird because we've with Dolph Lugdron, we've kind of had. Big. We've had little big trouble in Little Tokyo. No, that's not what it's called. Showdown. We've had. We've had a little. Yeah. It feels like showdown in Little Tokyo at some points because of the whole it crime, does, gambling, yeah. shooting things. You know, similar vibes. Even, yeah, on even on a sense of like scale and the way it's shot, it did remind me of it. Yeah, definitely. What uh, what what does happen, guys? She gets a knife thrown into her forehead, is what I meant by gets big trouble in Little China, because that's what yeah. uh, Kurt Russell does to James Hong. Yeah, and then it's the then I guess they get to have the showdown between Franco and Punisher, where oh, has he is he gonna for is he gonna not try and kill the Punisher because he's he's safe now, but. Well, he's not that safe. He basically he tells his kid to run off on his own, and he was going to stay behind and probably kill the Punisher. It's a weird one because again, if if it had been more of the film of them having to work together, then this last like showdown between the two of them would have made more sense and had more like drama to it. Plus, the Punisher has told him, "I'm going to kill you after this anyway," because that's what I do. Yeah. So it's his fault, really. But yeah, the showdown happens, and he's got the the bulletproof vest on, hasn't he? So that's why he didn't. I don't know, did he have a thing where he got shot? But he's fine. I can't remember. It did. It. I don't know. It. Yeah, it's kind of messy and all. It like it's really um. Kind of. There's a lot of sequences that are shoved in. There's a lot shoved into a very short runtime in this film. Yeah. Like they they try and cover a lot of stuff. Abby, you you got some notes there. Are there are any bits we've sort of glossed over before, like uh, we get to the whether or not the Punisher's going to be killed by this guy. No, not really. Just, Just your when big... he needs the window smash out, then there's the final fight on the floor. I loved because it was the very end and everyone was very tired. That it was just like blundering about on the floor, just trying to punch each other. Yeah. And the cops do do turn up, and they basically discover a load of dead Yakuza and follow a trail of bodies and blood to try and figure out where the Punisher's gone. But uh, it's all been carnage, so there's not much. They, I don't know how you can differentiate one blood trail from another, because <laughs> the you know the cop does try and suss out where he escaped to. We still don't know how the Punisher escaped at the end. They just cut to like the top of a building that don't pan out too far. We won't show it's not New York. 
<laughs> just have the 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 cop screaming on the roof. Just no. Give me opera house in the background. <laughs> yeah, but like the the Franco eventually just ends up wrestling with the Punisher and gets shot, and I guess in the armpit or something under his body armor, and then the kid gets to have a showdown with the Punisher. Is that is that interesting and fun or crap and pointless? Anyone? I did. I kind of appreciated the film going out of its way to put some like heavier implications into something that is essentially a very sort of fluffy kind of silly eighties action film. It's a little bit out of place, but at the same time, I'm glad they did at least try and address the like potential complexity of the character. Like the idea of like, should you really be saying to a kid, Hey, if you grow up and you misbehave, I'll be like the Santa Claus of death. Yeah. You're on my naughtiness. It is very much like, the fucking Krampus <laughs> at the end here. Yeah. It did feel like Santa. Like, I'll check, you fucking grow up to be a nice young man or I'll fucking jam a lump of coal up your ass. But the kid, the kid could, could kill the, like, Frank sort of kneels down to be shot if yeah, the kid wants and that's to. the other thing as well, that him trying to goad the kid into shooting him in the face. Because re- really, this is like end of Gladiator. Frank Castle wants to be with his children in heaven. Like he's just touching the wheat. Send me there, kid. Send me there with my family. Yeah. You can do it. I've killed your daddy. I mean, I- I- actually, Andy, you've been very quiet. Uh, moral question for you. You've watched The Punisher wrestle your dad. He's yeah. killed him. And now you've got a gun. Do you murder Frank like he murdered your dad? Your dad's there lying dead on the floor, Anthony. You got a gun, you're trembling. <laughs> sure. <laughs> what a prick. There's, there's too much blood on the knob. My question's about the budget. The the correct response is I kneecap him and wait for the police. That's what everyone yeah. that's what everyone should do. That's the moral thing. Yeah, I mean Again, they did I think they did try there was like a scene earlier when like all the kids were together and he's Everyone's like, oh, we're all in here because our dads are bad people. Yeah, and yeah. He's like, well, my dad's not. What do you want about? So he's the good kid. Um, hmm. Yeah, but uh, I, I don't know if there's really anything else building up to it where he's, where he would be a, a bit more ambivalent about killing him or not. It's, it's kind of, again, it's the same as that scene between uh, his former partner. I keep calling him Lou Gossett Jr. Jake is his name. Um, Between Frank and Jake, that is very intense, much more so than the rest of the film. And this is kind of the same thing, because this is the only time where it really addresses the idea that, like, Frank Castle as the Punisher also has a death wish. Like, he he won't kill himself, but he's deliberately throwing himself into situations where he also might die. And now it's, like, he's... He's at a point where he's like goading this fucking ten-year-old child to shoot him in the face, which is like it's a very, it's a very complicated and kind of dark idea, um, and it does it, it at least shows when they were making the film that like they were thinking about things like that, but it just was not the the culturally the time or the place for the Punisher to get that kind of treatment in a film. <laughs> well, I just think realistically, the Punisher. 
I mean, it's more interesting for him to let the kid do it, because on the one hand, it's a kid. The kid may be traumatised by seeing you fight and kill his dad, that he was trying to, you know, you're all trying to, your dad did partly save you. Um, and then the Punisher's there, like, it is a, it's an interesting moral situation, and then the kid's probably not going to kill him anyway, he knows that because it's a kid. I mean, he's not going to fucking murder a grown man and stuff, probably, even if he's, like, sad about it. It's still like a big ask. It's just like a fucking magnum or something. The kid would be shot across the wall. But like, <laughs> the Punisher could have just grabbed the gun and cold cocked the kid into the wall and be like, fuck off, kid. You think I don't I think, kill people like you for breakfast? I think there's a certain sense of understanding, if you know what I mean. I know your pain. My family are dead. Pun- yeah, the Punisher's doing what he's doing because they killed his family. And I, I, I suppose you could say it's only fair that yeah. he's like, yes, if I if I deserve my revenge, you also deserve your revenge. Take it. But also, I'm gonna leave now. They have a little bit where they hug the kid, hugs the Punisher essentially, and you're like, really, mate? I mean, you know, it's like, did you watch Ronald McDonald kill your dad? And then you're like, but I'm brand loyal. I love you, Punisher. <laughs> you're my hero. <laughs> what a what a horrifying mental image of Ronald McDonald murdering your parents. <laughs> but I know I still want the Happy Meal. I can't kill you, Ronald. Your um, parents are the Happy Meal now. <laughs> you better grow up buying fucking McDonald's loyal. If you ever go to Burger King, I'll come for you. <laughs> I'm a bit confused um, now. Back to the film. Uh, that's what I mean, though. Like it's a it's a much more complicated scene. From a better film, or yeah. like a, or or a different, or a film that approaches the idea of the Punisher much differently. Like it's 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 odd in here, but I do appreciate that they at least try to put something like that in. Yeah, but yeah, then he just fucks off and goes back and takes magic- off all his clothes in sewer. Magically escapes and goes back to his naked meditation in the sewers. It would smell so bad. Also, Sh- Shake just runs away. Yeah, he's he's fumbled. The, he eventually does set off the bombs. Does that kill the cops? What happens? It just blows up something. I could not follow what was going on at this point. Some non-lethal explosions happen somewhere. Yes, <laughs> but like Frank Castle escapes again magically, and that's it. Like it's just like there you go. That that's a movie, right, guys? It's kind of a weird like. I don't know. I get, we get the odd shot of him driving his motorcycle in the in the sewer, but it's not. There's nothing too iconic in there, really. It's like it doesn't have the big imagery of, say, the later movies that come and show you how it's done. Like, there's no like burning building showing a budget for it. No, well, yeah, you're not going to get like a bur- a burning building with the shape of the Punisher skull, or there's nothing epic. It's just corridors fighting. You know, it's all there the general. Are a lot of corridors. Whether it's an underground cellar, whether it's a, a, like sewer or maintenance corridor or dojo, it's corridor city. We're not getting any external shots that aren't. Gonna, I mean, we get the odd bit like, oh, we're outside some sort of shopping mall. Like nothing really feels it's, New York either. It's just a. It's oh, a weird so I've home. remembered. I'm sorry, I've remembered an iconic bit. Ninjas going down slides on their knees, firing machine guns. <laughs> <laughs> There is a little bit of a kind of Jokery esque. We're in Coney Island for real. Oh, well, we're in some fucking theme, like fairground, and we're gonna fight in there because that's it's. After all, we're an eighties action movie. So yeah, do we, do we enjoy the ninjas fighting on their knees on slides with machine guns? Yeah, 
and all that business. Yeah, but just for all the wrong reasons. I liked. <laughs> I was. It made me laugh because it was one of those things where it's edited in a way where it seems like they're just sliding forever. <laughs> a very long fun slide. <laughs> True, but it's only got like one dip, and like they could they they go over that dip about three or four times. They should have done more with the fairground, like you know. Punisher shooting people on a coconut chai or going around a carousel or I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of opportunity there that they missed. They, the, the Punisher should have stumbled again, uh, into the Warriors and had like a showdown yeah. with them. They did the bit um, where after the slide they went on to that bit of spinning floor. Yeah, that's something. It's not nothing. Was there anything else that happened? It was, it was still very basic bitch shit, wasn't it? When we talked about the torture scene, did we mention that in the end when they left one of the doctors on the rack when they escaped that he was wearing red stilettos? Yeah, I don't know why. (laughs) No, we didn't. (laughs) Luckily, the handcuffs where he's been chained down are the kind where you can unscrew them if you wiggle your finger close enough to the bolt. It was really like poor design if they plan on keeping you there. I, I did as well, that is technically the most gruesome death in the movie, even though you don't see it happen, because they've left the guy on a moving rack, like he is going to get ripped limb from limb very slowly I mean, he's a torturer presumably, or just a cross-dressing doctor yeah, I mean, I'm not, you know I'm not saying don't kill torturers it's it's just that's awful. It's yeah. odd that such a grotesque death is is completely. They don't even reference it. They just leave him. Yeah. Is it very much lol? Like no, no. Yeah. Not no. Lol. It, it, <laughs> yeah. Well, so is there anything else that was like a bit more standard? Because I feel like we easily glossed over it. Because what can you say about people shooting and punching and kicking? But like, is there any other bits that were like, oh, that was kind of you know, with the school bus thing was fine. I mean. But it is short, and nothing really, you know, the budget didn't allow, I guess, didn't it? I think you kind of, like, nailed it on the head for me, though, why it's, I just feel like this is a bit, this is, well, a bit, this is very lacklustre. Because, like I was saying at the beginning, like, you, I, I, you know, I've seen a lot of these kind of, like, movies from the 80s and 90s, where they just weren't given the budget. But still, you know, they try, and they, they, they usually get... A decent amount, even in the bad films, you're like, okay, that was different. I'll give you that. Whereas with this one, like, it just never really happened. It's, oh. I mean, the this this the story is kind of all over the place. Like, they don't really. It's it's like they hadn't decided what the actual story was until they get to the bits with the kids being kidnapped, and then that becomes the story. Whereas, and like. But that combined with the lack of a budget and um, and that the weirdness of being like a shy comic book film where they like they they're trying to like not be a superhero comic book film like they don't have the skull they don't have like it, it um it's if you took like when was Die Hard the year before this was Die Hard eighty eight Die Hard was eighty seven. If you took Die Hard and took away its budget, but you still had exactly the same story and the way it plays out, it would still be a fantastic film because the strength of 
an action film is really in the momentum and the like the structure and those are two things that this is missing like if this film had the same budget of something like Die Hard it would still be shit because it would be like it would be more impressive in terms of action but it would still be like I can't tell you what it's actually supposed to be about like it's still a fucking mess you need something like there's some nice funny moments sort of and bits of dialogue but it doesn't have the constant like witty put downs you want from a cheesy action movie there's no there's no like pace to it like there's no there's no sort of um it doesn't feel structured it doesn't feel like it's going in a particular direction it just yeah. sort of comes in goes away like it's like a fucking it's like the fucking kramer entrance of action movies where it just yeah. like comes in and jitters around and then slides back out jerry's door and it, it's not dark enough either you could also have like the punisher be really like fucking mm. really ruined well, isn't that and... what Again, I chocolate on my ass because I haven't seen it. But isn't that what Warzone is like? Isn't it really over the top and silly? It's, it's over the top and silly, but it's not like overly dark. I'd say I mean, it's lit very dramatically. I, I, it's been a while, but like all the other Punishers, just try a bit more to have a, a coherent story. And yeah, the Warzone's just about silly kills as well, like just violence mm. and stupidness. The but the it, middle it, one it, is fine. Again, like, I don't know. it's it's. You either take something like this character and do a very dark, difficult character story, or go fully over the top and make it very, very silly. Um, and I just this film kind of feels like it doesn't have the the resources or the confidence to do either. Yeah, it's true. And then, like, so like Mad Max says, like a super low budget Australian film and that works because of what they do come up with creatively there's no excuse yeah to be run of the mill really yeah it's the it's the commitment to the well yeah the, um this is considered part of the same like exploitation genre that mad max was but if you look at something like especially the second uh road warrior still not a particularly big budget film mostly mostly filmed on a road <laughs> and like in the outback with a bunch of, um, you know, local theatre actors and TV actors or whatever. But it's it's constructed and written in a way that makes it compelling with what little they have. I think also this suffers from being very just, we have to use sets. Because just yeah. change the story. If you're pretending it's not a comic book movie some of the time, just go, okay, this is The Punisher, but The Punisher's Australian. And make take advantage of the fact that you're filming where you are and do more outside stuff and, and have, you know, explore that idea. I mean, I'm not saying make it Dolph. like a... I'm not saying... Dolph, can you do an Australian accent? Yeah. <laughs> can you do any? Yeah. Oh, is it like barbecue? <laughs> um, the Punisher. Good day, mate, yeah. <laughs> Put Cast- another shrimp on Cast- the barbie. Castleman... Forex. You went all slow there, so that was extra weird, Jamie. <laughs> that was on purpose. Oh, good. Abby, any final thoughts on The Punisher? I think this is a film you've suggested uh, we could do as well, so this is like an Abby pick in a way. It, it is. It's like, you know what I'm like with the little films that could. Yeah. It's like, oh, you tried so hard with the no money you had. I love those guys. They're, they're my favourite kind of films, where they just... Oh, they tried! 
They wanted to be <laughs> something they just couldn't afford. So you don't see it as a failure to use money creatively. You see it as a bold attempt to go beyond what your budget allows. I don't think it's any better than it is, but I think that it was a good attempt for the amount of money that they had. And you're a Dolph yeah. fan as well, Abby, aren't you? Like, that's got to help if you're enjoying Lud- Ludgren, you know. Yeah. You're already on his side. I will I will say as well, just on the, the actual performances part, Dolph is... You could like he does give a, a kind of stiff performance, but it works for the character. Like he does come across as someone who is like kind of damaged and like he's really sad looking as well. As a result, yeah. yeah, I don't and yeah, he's always know, dirty as well. Like, like he he's never so, like just a dirty little boy. Sweaty the entire time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, he is definitely you know he he's one of the better of those like beefy eighties action movie actors. Yeah. Um, a lot of the, a lot of them were better than people gave them credit for. I think people often liked to mock them because the movies were so like sweaty and fucking, you know, basically an avatar for two erect dicks smacking against each other a lot of the time. Jesus. Um, but like, uh, you know, really, the only proper like stupid ones were the ones like Steven Seagal and Chuck Norris. They were the fucking shitty ones. Like but the genuinely Dolph laughable Lundgren. and terrible ones. Yeah. yeah, awful. Yeah. Um, you know, Dolph, Jean Claude Van Damme, Arnold as well, and and Sylvester Stallone, like they were all decent actors that did like different things. Um and that, you know, there's they got pigeonholed very quickly. Um but it's it's better casting than I think I was expecting. Well, which, yeah, sure. Uh, anyway, is that, is that all you wanted to say? Abby, do you have any, was, you know, is there anything else you wanted to say or shall I ask Anthony? Um, Can you rhyme it? Said no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please don't. I think as well, it's like, it's sort of what Anthony said earlier where it's like, good as they are, the modern uh, superhero movies are a little bit too glossy and mm-hmm. slick. And formulaic as well. They, they sort of yeah. marvel hit upon how to do them, and everyone either copy... Yeah, basically even DC try and copy that idea now, and it's like you know, you can go other ways. I think Joker was the only one to go a different tone, and even that's yeah. like, if you say so mainstream, I mean, this one at least had the it was early enough to sort of cut its own path rather than be following a, a formula. Oh, it's following the formula of every generic action movie ever. But I mean, it, it it follows the formula of like four different types of action movies in one film. I still don't think it's the fucking what's his name with his glittery helmet falling through a wall. Look, it's, <laughs> look it's, I don't think the plot was that mental. What's his name? Fucking the the shockmaster. The shockmaster, which could be a Punisher villain. <laughs> Punisher versus <laughs> the shockmaster. Oh god, did they ever have like a wrestler as the that must surely that must have been a thing. What you, well, Kevin Nash in the other Punisher. But... No, I mean like I'm thinking like early nineties WCW at some point must have had. They had fucking RoboCop. I mean, I'd watch The Punisher beat the fuck out of Vader from WCW. That'd be good. 
Uh, Anthony, did you feel like you'd been punished, or did you come around at all in this? A little bit. Um, I like it. It's it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. Um, it just felt really like just a, a run of the mill kind of action thing. If you know what I mean. I didn't feel like there was that much inventive in there. Hmm. Um, and I don't know, just it, not quite the kind of bad I enjoy that much. Yeah, it straddled hmm. the line. Not so bad, it's good. Not so good, we could actually celebrate it. Sure. Yeah, I, I think I'm kind of in agreement with Jamie. Like, there were some moments, um, um, especially like the kind of like the little interrogation scene in the prison cell. Which kind of like surprised me. It's like, wow, this is this is from a different good movie. What's this doing? Some, yeah. act, some <laughs> acting, some real acting turned up. Actually, one question about so that the the buddy, the woman cop is like helping out with computer stuff for this luddite. What does she does she do anything proactive? Because the villains are women, but does the other the good woman does she do anything else really? No, I think the film just forgets her. I almost forgot. I was trying to recap this. I was like, wait, when does she play into it again? It's just the it, Dolph Lundgren's old partner for the most part. He's doing some fun stuff or some gritty stuff, but where does she? Does she? Doesn't she? Could be in it more, I guess. Face off with someone else or be more pivotal. I guess the cops could be more pivotal anyway, couldn't they? They just sort of turn up and fail to get him. Yeah, they don't do much. They capture him because he gives the. He literally hands himself over, but they lose him. Um. I did just uh, quickly didn't want to skip over this. You know, I mentioned I I was wondering whether there was ever a a Punisher gimmick uh, wrestler. There was a wrestler in the in the late eighties that who went under the name uh, the Punisher. It wasn't in WCW. It was in a, a Tennessee wrestling, the United States Wrestling Association, and it was our friend Mark Calloway. AKA The Undertaker, and it was just him as a big ginger giant with a gimp mask on, and he was called The Punisher. <laughs> Bringing Ooh. things full circle back to The Undertaker again. And back around <laughs> to leather bondage. I, Undertaker yeah. versus The Punisher would be good. Did watch that at, like at WrestleMania? Maybe not yeah. now that Undertaker's yeah. a million years old. Although, if they do some of the stuff where they just film it all and edit it rather than show how gassed and that's, tired he gets. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, there's nothing much I would add to what you guys have said beyond it's really good as a drinking game if you drink along every new weapon that's used. Every new you'd kill. You'd be, be so wasted. Just the first bit, you'd have done half a fucking quart. I don't know. You'd be in fucking hospital. <laughs> I don't know. It, 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 it puts a smile on my face because I like Ludgren. I like the comedy in it. I wish there was more, actually. Because it, it, it's sometimes a bit like... The comedy is sometimes how crap the mafia is. And then sometimes the comedy is like genuinely the the interactions between characters. Uh, but it, yeah, it's not really enough to really celebrate it. Yeah, But, you know, if you abseil... No, is it abseiling? Zip line, if you zip line down a guy and murder people with a machine gun as you're doing it, I'm in. Like, that's enough. <laughs> you gave me that imagery, and I'm pleased with that. Yeah. I, 
it wasn't I wouldn't say it's good, but it was definitely not the catastrophe I went in expecting it to be. <laughs> oh well. Thank you either way, Jamie. That puts the Punisher to bed until he Back to the sewers. Yeah, back to the yes. sewers where he'll explode and then escape in, into another I mean, there's any number of other Punishers we could punish ourselves with, so who knows what will come up in what, future. Um, what type of John Travolta is is he doing in that film? Uh, swordfish John Travolta? <laughs> I don't know. Like, he's okay. sort of... Mm, slightly, he knows he's in a stupid thing. But I don't know. Like, he's not good. <laughs> like he's not. Uh, do you remember it at all, Abby? The other Punisher. It's all fine, isn't it? It's that was it. Was it like during the Spider-Man films? So it's sort of yeah. they still haven't quite understood what makes a movie brilliant. It, uh, it, I need some visual stimuli. Bear with me, hey, it's, it's Sandy. It's me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here to take on the. What's it? What, I don't even know what his character is. John Travolta and that. Night fever, night fever, committing crimes like a dickhead. I'm just wondering, is it him doing a Nicolas Cage impression like in Face Off? Oh, it does not. It doesn't get to the fun of Face Off. It's you don't peak that much. I don't remember. It's just sort of meh. Sort of fine. Mm. We'll just have to look at it. That's the only thing. Anyway, punish out. That's your cue to say goodbye, guys. Bye. Bye.